Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. That's a welcome to the George Brassy Podcast. My friend, colleague, and one of the best psychiatrists in the state of Illinois, Dr. Ballander, to the show. Dr. Durr, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me and for such a wonderful introduction, George. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And I know you have a wonderful story to tell, so let's get right into it. Tell the audience a little bit about what was behind your decision to become a psychiatrist. What led to it? Well, initially, I made the decision to become a physician in junior high school. And I was so, um, I think, kind of enthralled uh, about the wonders of, of human development and bringing life into the world that I decided to become an obstetrician gynecologist. And once I went to medical school, though, um, as much as I uh, loved OB, I really didn't, didn't like being a surgeon. Uh, so I said, okay, God, what do you have for me here? What do you have for me next? And so one of the required rotations is psychiatry. And when I got to psychiatry, I realized, you know, this is my flow right here. And uh, I love talking to the patients and having time to do that and getting to know them and their stories and, you know, not only what was going on, but why it was going on. And then many years later, when I looked back, I realized that, um, the desire to do that was already within me, meaning I was trying to learn or trying to figure out really um, some things about my childhood, what happened, why it happened, and just have some understanding. And then also recognize that I had actually been, even in June, in high school, been watching, uh, he was a, a family therapist and an addiction specialist uh, on PBS that, that um, he would do, was doing specials and I was watching them even in high school. So <laughs> it's, it's funny how, you know, didn't recognize then that I would become a psychiatrist, but it was already in place for that to happen given, given you know, those specific dynamics. When you're in medical school and you come to the realization that OBGYN is not really for you, was that a hard realization? You know what, interestingly enough, it wasn't. Meaning, um, OB was really the only thing that I, OB Gyne was really the only thing that I wanted to do. But I quickly realized that, um, okay, 
I, I'm here. And um, this led me this far. And I need to change directions. I don't know what direction that is, but I just trusted that um, that the creator would guide me where I needed to go as it related to my profession. And so I was just open. And that's why I said, okay, what you have for me next? And, and, and then it presented itself, meaning what, what I was supposed to be doing presented itself, which was psychiatry. And when you think about when you came into the field of psychiatry compared to now, what are some of the changes you've witnessed? Oh, wow. Um, well, clearly there are, there's the evolution in our understanding of certain mental illnesses. There is the evolution and the expansion of the treatment options that we have uh, to treat certain mental illnesses. So, um, and then, so there are those things, but I think the third thing and, and it was already happening by the time I got to residency, which, um, you know, I started residency um, in 1996, and I was actually in a triple board program, meaning initially I was supposed to be doing peds, then adult psychiatry, then child psychiatry, but switched over to just to general psychiatry and then child. And that was in... Um, and so in that process of that happening, so again, that was 95 and then psychiatry started in 96, it was already becoming, there was already a focus, a shift to biological psychiatry, meaning the focus of, you know, what's wrong with the brain physically and then the, tr the treatment of that, uh, you know, using, you know, medications, uh, medical evaluations, you know, and other medical options. Uh, medical treatment options. So, and what's what's happened is it's even become more so now, which in some respects I think is very good because some of the other treatment options that have occurred or that have been developed, that option is there. But I think the downside to it is there's also this focus on, you know, getting patients seen and getting it done, you know, quickly. So the the time that that would have been there to, to really spend time talking to patients and really getting to know them and understanding their why, that's what has, has been uh, decreased significantly. And, and, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's actually a disadvantage. In what ways do you think it complicates the treatment to kind of try to see as many people, get as many people in and not understand the why? How does it complicate the treatment of patients? Because if you don't understand the why, you can't change the what. And what I mean by that is that if I don't understand, you know, what, if I, excuse me, if I don't understand why you want to do something or why you don't want to do something, then I'm that then I'm not in a good position to help you because there may be things you're willing to do or things you're not willing to do to help improve your your brain health and if I don't know what that is then you know I can't have a conversation with you about it I can't 
address your concerns. I, you know, I can't say, well, you're correct about this, but this actually is something else instead. This other one is something else instead. And this will actually be helpful to you for these reasons. If I don't, if I don't understand that, if I don't understand a person's cultural context, um, if I don't understand who they are, if I don't understand their history, then I'm not in a position to really be helpful. You know, we need to we need to be able to form relationship and then rapport. I need to be able to do that in order to be of help to somebody. And if, if that's missing, which usually requires time, then I'm really not in a, in a good position to be helpful. Psychiatry is um, one of the more misunderstood medical professions in my uh, understanding. What do you think people really get wrong about psychiatry? <laughs> um, I think that um, I, I, and so, you know, I chuck, I laugh because there is so much, I think that people don't know about psychiatry, even from the basics, such as, you know, they don't know the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And I find that at all educational levels. So even when people have, you know, master's degrees, um, they don't, they'll, you know, they confuse what a psychologist and a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist is. So I think from the very basic, the very basic level, there is a lot of information that's not known. So whether it's, it's that, and then it's the understanding, the differences between what a psychologist does versus the difference between what a psychiatrist does, what the overlap is. I don't think that people really understand that as a psychiatrist, what I'm here to do is mental to, to help you with your mental health. Mental health is a, is a combination of brain health, which is brain structure and brain function, but it's also the thoughts you think. So all of that has to be healthy and they're interacting and influencing each other. So I'm here to offer you my skill set and my tool set to help you improve your brain health and your thought health in order for you to have a healthy life and that the life that you want to live. So I don't think people understand those things and particularly that brain health is essential to your ability to live the fullest, best life here on the planet. And that's, that's, that's a lot of what I do as a psychiatrist to take a look at that and see what's what's working properly, what's functioning properly, what's not. And here um, are the options that we can help make these corrections. Dr. Durr, you mentioned previously during your own um, time in medical school that, you know, you, you asked for guidance from God and um, it sounds like faith is really important to you. What role does spirituality, religious faith, what does that do to a person's mental health from your, in your opinion? Well, I, I think like all things, it can, depending upon how your, what your perspective is and how you use something, that it can be very helpful um, or it can become a barrier. And what I mean by that is from the perspective of, um, that, I, like, that I gave, which is asking for counsel and asking for guidance and then being asked, you know, and then being actually being open to hearing, to listening, and then being willing to do what I'm guided to do. 
So I think that, um, you know, if my, if my inner self, you know, my, my, uh, God self is prompting me to do a certain thing to seek help, then it's very helpful. However, on the flip side, if I say strictly that, um, you know, God is going to heal me without recognizing, uh, and I don't need to go get any help. I mean, God's going to heal me. I don't need to get any help. Uh, that can become a barrier because sometimes the getting help comes through a human being. And so, for instance, if um, I'm guided to get help, then going to see a psychiatrist in this case who can help me with an evaluation and assess what the issue is, and then coming up with some treatment options, including therapy, then, um, and then, you know, it may also include nutrition. It can be a variety of different treatment options beyond medication, and medication it may not be at all. But the point is, the, the, the help and the guidance is coming through a human being. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's the important part, that it not become a barrier or obstacle to saying, you know, I'm just, just going to do this with God. And sometimes God works through other people in our lives. And so it's important to keep that, that in mind. Dr. Drew. You, you know what, George, I'm sorry. I just want to add this one part too. Yes. <clears throat> the, the, the other part that actually that I find very helpful in my, in my own practice is specifically as it regards to spirituality is because for people of faith, I actually um, endeavor to use their faith as a framework of which to help them with their thinking that may be um, really negative, may be very fearful, maybe in the way of them, you know, feeling, you know, happiness or joy or, or contentment with their lives. So uh, I think that's another re that's a really important way. Um, and why uh, to use spirituality and why faith is really important uh, with patients, because there's certain things I can point out to them, such as when they say they don't love themselves and use their faith to say, well, but God always loves you. And it's important that you forgive yourself of whatever happened or didn't instead of refusing to, you know, to love yourself. So that's kind of an example of what I mean about how I'll use their faith. Um, to help their healing. So I think it's very important, actually. I agree. Um, oftentimes, I think what you're describing is what we've thought, come to think of as a spiritual bypass. I'll pray it away. I'll see my pastor. But it sometimes um, it's really important to seek professional help. I, I love that. I have never heard that before. A spiritual bypass. Is it okay oh. if I? Is it if I? Is it okay if I borrow that, George? Hey, it's all yours. I didn't trademark it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, that, 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 that is, that is awesome. Yeah. I really, really, I really, really like that. So, um, yeah. Dr. Thank Dr. you. No problem. Dr. Dr. One of the big, um, changes since I've been in the field of mental health has been the transition from DSM four to DSM five. Do you have any thoughts on that? I know the DSM is primarily written by psychiatrists. Well, I, I think like all of life, you know, it's growing and transforming and, and ch you know, changing and becoming 
more based upon an increased, uh, a better understanding. And so I think it is an, an attempt to um, standardize and to give some clarification to diagnosis and uh, which I think is really important. You, you know, you always want to have some standardization of, you know, what is depression? You know, what is general anxiety? What is bipolar affective disorder? You don't want to have, you know, multiple, you know, definitions. And um, so I, I think, again, it's just an evolution in the understanding of, you know, mental health, mental illness, uh, diagnosis, and, and um, uh the the intersection of some things, the recognition of some uh, of some other diagnosis, some other newer diagnosis. So I, I think it's it's important. Doctor Dirt, you also have a podcast. Tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast. What led you to make that, and um, how they can hear that. Well, the name of my podcast is Today's Mental Health, and there are three topics. Um, suicide, depression, and addictions. And it can be found on most streaming platforms, uh, including Buzzsprout and Apple Podcasts. And what led me to make the podcast is actually um, part of my own journey at this point, which is it's really important to me to help people understand the critical importance in their lives of mental health, which again, to me means brain health, again, which is brain structure and function, and then also thought health, the thoughts we think. And what I found is there is such a huge lack of information in the general public about what brain health is, you know, what thought health is, what constitutes, you know, depression and addiction and many other mental health disorders, but also the huge stigma. And so around mental health and seeking mental health treatment. And so what that means, it's a barrier to people getting what they need. People inherently understand that if you're brain dead, your life is done. You may be on life supports and your body may be functioning, but the things that you would normally do, the roles and functions you would normally fulfill of, you know, working and, 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 you know, maybe having a maid and raising children and all those things that make up a life that that's done and over with. And, but however, there's this disconnect between if I'm, I'm brain health, that my life is over. There's a disconnect between that and then the recognition and understanding that my brain must be healthy in order for me to live my best life, the life that I want for me to be able to, to work, to me to be to create, to be creative, to take care of my children, all those things that matter to human beings and whatever that looks like for you, that my brain must be healthy, must be functioning properly in order for me to do that. And so then people are not seeking help for what is essential and critical in their lives, which is making sure they they have a healthy brain. And so while they may go to a surgeon, 
to get help if they have a broken leg, they don't tend to translate it in the same way of thinking, well, I don't know how to heal my leg, so let me go to a surgeon. Well, I don't know how to heal my brain. Let me go see a psychiatrist. Um, I don't know how to fix my car. I'm not going to abandon it on the side of the road and never come back and get it. I need somebody to help fix it. Let me find a mechanic. There's all these things where we understand we don't know all there is to know in the universe and we seek help from other people because we don't know how to do it in order to, to take care of fix those things in our lives. But then translating that to, to, to brain health, I don't know how to do this. Let me see a psychiatrist or let me see a therapist. Let, let, me, let me seek help and make use of their skill set and their tool set because I don't know how to do this on my own in order for me to have a healthy brain. So that's what, that's what actually um, was the impetus for the podcast. For me, it was another tool to help inform people because while I talk about those three topics, again, depression, you know, addiction and suicide, I'm also explaining some of the things we've talked about, the differences between you know, a psychiatrist and a psychologist and an LCPC and LCSW. And I'm talking about alternative treatments um, such as nutrition and acupuncture and other things. Because I want people to understand that you need two things to build a good or great or quality product, which is quality raw materials and quality workmanship. So some of the things that your brain needs to be healthy are things like, you know, vitamins and minerals, chromium, zinc, selenium, um, magnesium. And when you, if you don't have those things, then your brain can't function properly. And so then you're going to have problems with your mood. You may have problems with your, with, with, um, negative thoughts that take over, you know, have problems, um, sometimes with impulsivity and, you know, motivation. It's, it's, uh, your speech. It's, it's, your brain needs certain things, certain raw materials to, to function properly and to be healthy. So basic things like that are things that people can do in order to, to, to have a healthy brain themselves. It's just kind of basic nutrition. Dr. Durr, the last question we ask on this podcast to all our guests are, what are two books that have been important and influential to you as a person and why? Well, two of the books that have been, and there, there have been many, frankly, uh, so because um, I, I read a lot, but, but two of the ones that, that come to mind would be um, Conversations with God, and that's by Neil Donald Walsh, and then there's also In the Meantime by Yonla Van Zant. Um, the conversations with God was important because I got to see someone actually having conversations and he wrote the conversations down. So actually when I wrote my own book, Heaven Abounds in You, one of the things that I, I did is I immediately, as, as, as I was writing the book, that started happening for me. So I immediately started writing those conversations down. And it also helped me to understand that if God is someone, the creator is someone that I'm speaking to, it only makes sense that he would speak back to me, right? That's what, that's what a conversation is. And it's an, it's an exchange. It's not, a, it's not a one way. I'm talking to you and you never respond. And um, 
Yanla's in the meantime, it, it was just so beautifully written. It was so, uh, you know, spoke to my heart and helped me. It, it talked about healing in the context of, uh, of, of a house and, and, the, and the different stories. So the basement, first floor, second floor, third floor, fourth floor. But he talked about healing in a way that, um, again, that was just so warm and so heart touching and, uh, and, and so beautifully written. And uh, it was the beginning, I think, I had been searching before that, but really the beginning, I think for me of, of, of having some real understanding about how to begin the healing process. Dr. Ballander, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Well, thank you so much. And again, I hope um, that your listeners will check out my podcast, Today's Mental Health. Again, it's on most streaming platforms, you know, Buzzsprout, uh, Apple, Pandora, Spotify. And I, I hope that they will find their own, you know, health and healing. Uh, I hope that they will recognize that, that they are children of the universe made of stardust. And um, therefore, there, there, there is no inadequacy in them. They, they are wonderful. And I, I hope that they will accept that and, and, and live out their own wonderfulness in, in the way that they were designed to be and to the fulfillment of their purpose that serves us all. Absolutely. Dr. Valendon, Dur, thanks again. Thank you so much, George. Appreciate you. Take care. Stay, stay wonderful. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC? Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. Mm-hmm.